0: Greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. It's another day God has given to us where we look into the Word of God. I'm Tom Gostube, a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Today we are into the book of Psalms. It's a Psalter Sunday. We are taking chapter 8 or Psalm 8 where we look into God caring for humanity, a God who is responsible for humanity. God in his mighty, uh, mightiness, as a God who is the creator of the universe, the mighty God, the all-knowing, the all-reliable God, he still cares for each and every individual and your life uh, or you still care and he cares for you. We are important to God. I believe the message will change your perspective about life and how God views you. Turning our Bibles to the book of Psalm 8. We've been doing it from Psalm 1, one by one by one, but today we are taking Psalm 8. I had difficulty to title this sermon, but finally I settled on, to God you count, or to God you are something. Or to God, you are valuable. You are just not a nobody. Let's read Psalm 8. To the choir master, according to the Chichis, a psalm of David O Lord our God, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your force to steal the enemy and the avenger. When I look at the heavens, at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hand, of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heaven, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the path of the seas. O oh Lord, our God, how majestic! Is your name. Amen. Father, we thank you for the word of God. May you teach us your ways and may you get and may we get the reason why this psalm exists and why it was part of the Bible and what it says to to us about you and it reveals about you in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray for your spirit to take control over me and over us, actually, that we hear what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You see, when you look at the airplane, if you happen to go to the airport and look at the very, very, very big airlines, aeroplanes, big ones, the thing is so huge. Maybe it can be the distance from here to the gate and wide. And it takes off. Time and again, I watch National Geographic where they explain how an airline crashed. They call it airline crash investigation. I think something like that. When they investigate, that's where you get to understand that each and every part in an airline is important. Big airlines have crashed just because of a small bolt that was weak. I mean, the whole big 12, I, mean, I mean, 30 tons crashes just because of one bolt that failed. Or it was weak, or they used a, a fake part. In the airline, every part is important. It is just your bo- in your body. There is no part in your body that is useless. Getting back to what we are reading here, David is defined as the author of the psalm. And he's writing the psalm as a praise to God for what he has done or who he is. It's like he's reminiscing, he's thinking about the goodness of God and what he is. Some uh, commentators, they say that he wrote this after he had uh, fought Goliath, Goliath, the the strong man, and he had victory. And he thought about the the, the Lord's goodness, that though he was a little boy, God had given him victory over a strong, huge man. But we want to understand what God is saying to us because this psalm has to uh, apply in our lives. The first thing that we need to understand is that what does the word, the, the, the first stanza or the first line says, "O Lord, our God. The word Lord is used in the Bible different times. Maybe you have gone to court and you have heard those judges saying, My Lord and whoever is in court saying, Lord. So you ask yourself, these people are blaspheming God saying to an individual, is a Lord. You've heard of the House of Lords in the UK Parliament. All those, do they defile God? So if you go to the Greek, it's kurios, which is a word that defines Lord. It defines, it's it's actually like a title like sir, you are sir. It's an authority that you are a person who is a master and you have authority on whatever uh, the presiding house is. So it is the Lord of the house, the Lord of whatever, that person has authority and the master. We also read of it in the Bible. We hear of uh, uh, Sarah referring to Abraham as Lord. If you read 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 6, As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you are my children. So it doesn't mean he meant Abraham was God. He meant Abraham was Lord. He was the master of the house and had authority over him. Also, we also understand that it is as a word that is gi- given to someone who submits. It reveals uh, that when Paul said, uh, says there are many lords, if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 5, he says, For although there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords. Amen. So it's a word that defines the, the person who is a master. But if we're coming back to what the the, the, the scripture is referring to here, it is referring to God's authority. God being the one who is the owner of the earth. He's the one who is the leader of the earth. He's the one we should respect as his God of authority. So the first part is, oh Lord, he's just telling, oh God, oh master, Oh, the one who has the authority. Oh, our God, the one who is the creator, the one who's above everything. And then he personalizes it now. He says, our God. Oh, Lord, our Lord. He is Lord generally without you. And he is our Lord. Our Lord. Now, he defines who God is on this earth. How majestic is your name. Some versions they say, How excellent is your name? Some say, How magnificent is your reputation throughout the earth. If we talk of, if we say somebody has a good name, when we sing, how excellent is your name, how excellent is your name, O Lord, we are not saying the name God is excellent, but we mean your your reputation. When they say in it means your reputation is good. You are a reliable person. You are a respectable person. You are somebody who's consistent, somebody who's contributing to society. You have a good name. So when he says, how majestic or how wonderful is your name, O God, he means that you are a God of integrity, a God who is honest, who has strong moral principles. He is a God who is outside dishonesty. He is God who is faithful. You know that the God that we have is the God who is honest. The God that was honest on this earth is the honest God in heaven. The God that the angels, Gabriel and everybody worships is the God that we worship. In fact, it means the character of God that we see on this earth, his goodness, his reliability, his creativeness, his protection, that is what we will find also in heaven. What we are experiencing of what God is, is what the angels are experiencing in heaven. The God that we have here is the same God. He is a reliable God. He is a God when he says, I will do this, he does that. He promised Israel that he will lead them to a promised land. He is going to lead them there. He is an honest God. His words are yes and amen. His words are true. But because we live in a dishonest world, we sometimes mistake God for our mistakes. And think God is just like us as humans. He's dishonest. God, when he says do this and you do it, he will do it. He will stand on his word and do it. I encourage you to challenge God. God is reliable. He is reliable. When you, like we say in society, it is better to trust a rock because a person is not reliable. But this God that we have, when we say how majestic is your name, we mean he has a good reputation and honest God and he, we can rely on him. Let's not liken God to humanity that we don't rely on God. We so much rely on our ability and God does not like that. So the psalmist is just thinking about the faithful and a reliable God. A God of consistency. <coughs> when we talk of consistency, you see, when you say something is consistent, it's reliable, it will maintain the quality that it has. This thing is consistent, and as humanity, we always love something that is consistent, something that is reliable. God is that. So he has been consistent in the life of David. He had seen him in his life, giving him victory over his enemies, giving him victory over those who want to persecute or kill him. But God has been God who's been faithful. Now, the writer says, you have set your glory above the heavens. You reveal your majesty in the heavens above. So it's like the author was saying, you are this on earth. You are reliable on earth. You are consistent, in the, you are consistent on earth. You are a God who is honest on earth and even in heaven. So the character that God portrays here on earth is the same character he portrays in heaven. So God is still faithful to the angels in heaven and he's also faithful to us as God. So he's the same God. Now he says, verse 2, Out of the mouth of babies and infants you have established the strength because of your force to steal the enemy and the avenger. To steal, to silence. When a baby is born, maybe let's take it from the perception of a baby when it's born a baby is so weak and vulnerable when born i mean anything can happen to a born okay to a born child is very vulnerable but god has put his glory on the child the child has god's protection has the image of god is hundred percent human and hundred percent has the power of god in him he has the spirit of god or has the has the breath of god as god breathed to man god is in the baby that's why even people who try to kill babies, sometimes they put the baby in a pit toilet, but God retrieves the child because God he has put his praises in the mouth of the child. But if we, I put it, taking it a metaphor, as if a, a metaphor, metamorphically, we look at it that God refers to that even if we are so vulnerable and we are so weak, God is still there and he's God who still remains faithful. He is there, He has put his glory in us and we give praises to him. And in those situations, God shows his strength to silence those who say to us, we are useless and we are nothing. God reveals or appears as a strong God regardless of the situation we are going through. Verse 4 to verse 3 to verse 4, talk about the goodness of the Lord. He says, When I look up in the heavens and see what you have done, the fingers, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars. Maybe now because we are a TV generation, we no longer maybe go outside and look at the stars. But I remember as a young boy at home, we used to cook outside when we were young. Uh, at night it would be dark, and we'll sit uh next to the fire and we will be there look at the moon look at the stars and see as they move whatever was happening it's where you realize the greatness of god but if you go deeper into studying geography you get to understand now of the galaxies that are there you get to understand of the things that are in heaven if you look at what they call it a galaxy and they call something milky something like that those things they say they have about two billion trillion stars that are there there are so many stars if you happen to watch uh, those things that they send about space you see the greatest of greatness of god and there's one video i watched where the person was zooming out from the earth to the galaxy uh, to, to space i mean It was all just little dot and the earth I could not even see. And I thought, what is man that God is still caring for him in that small dot? In other words, God has got bigger things to care for than us. But he does not do that. He still cares for us. We still count in his mind. God has so many things to care about. The big, big whales. Maybe you say those whales are are, are animals. Maybe he does not care much. But let's say we think that God maybe cares more for the king, more for the president, and more for the important people in society. We have that mindset. But God has a very much same importance to the little person, an insignificant person. God cares even for a child. You are so important to him. The fact that you are a human being, He is mindful of you. So all your needs, never take yourself for granted and think God takes you for granted. You are not for granted to God. To God, you are as important as the king of Eswatini, as the president of the U.S., as the king of the United Kingdom, as the king of Russia. All the important people that you think are, you are as important as them to God. He is mindful of what you are going to eat. At lunchtime, how you are going to sleep at night, how he's going to protect you. He's mindful of your health, he's mindful of your thoughts, he's mindful of anything that attacks you God is there. You see, the way we don't trust God is frustrates him, I think. It's that's why he was angry with Israel. If you read the book of Jeremiah, he says they make these things out of gold, and if you are poor, you use wood to make it as an idol and you worship this thing. This thing will not work in the book of Isaiah, Jeremiah. So, people, we have put our trust in these things and thought God is equal to those things. He's not. He's way above that. And he cares for the little person. Each and every person, whatever number we are here, God is as important to him as important to me. It's not that pastors are so important to God and you are not important. Everybody to God counts. So the, 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 the psalmist says, when he looks at the work of his God, What is man man, that you are mindful of him? What are we so little, so insignificant, so small? If if I can stand next to an elephant, the thing is so huge. So huge, tall and big. But God cares about me. So we are so important to God. And to a son of man that he cares for us. Amen. Now, If you read verse 5 to verse 8, he's talking about the dominion that he has given to us as human beings. Yet you have made him a little lower than the angels, the heavenly beings. This takes us back now to the book of Genesis. When God created man or made man out of his hands, he made man. They decided the Trinity that let us make man in the image of God. So how can God who has made his image not mind about it? He minds about his image, and he made humanity. After baking man, if you read Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. You know, if you look at I'm from the real areas. You see, a child, a little boy, he can drive a herd of cattle. 20, 30, 50 cows, they are just obeying that man, that little boy, as he whistles and drives them to whatever direction. You see, human beings have been given so much wisdom. If you read the James 3 verse 7 says, For every kind of beast and birds of the the reptile and sea creatures can be tamed and have been tamed by mankind. Man has the ability to tame those animals that you think can never be tamed. If you're talking, they domesticate so many animals, even those that you think can never be. Who would have ever thought that a lion can be domesticated? Because a lion can eat a person. But human beings have domesticated a lion. Human beings have domesticated venomous snakes like mamba and all those snakes that can bite and you die in the next 10 minutes. But human beings have domesticated those things. God has given us dominion as human beings over animals. You find human beings, when they film those uh, movies in the seas where they are dangerous and huge fish, Man is able to tame those. Why? Because God has given us dominion over animals. So he's thinking of God's goodness. Why are we so important to you, God? That's why your name is just so wonderful. That's why you are a wonderful God. All sheep and oxen and all the beasts of the field, even the birds of the fish, God has given us dominion. So the psalmist is thanking and praising God for all the goodness. Can you take some time and just think of the goodness of the Lord, what he has done for you? There is a lot. We tend to focus on the failures or the challenges that make us to think that God doesn't care about us. You see, when you always look at the negatives in life, it makes you not to realize that there is the good. There is a song that is saying, Count your blessings. When you look at life from the perspective of what God has done for you, what he has provided for you, you will appreciate his goodness. It is if you realize that God has given me life today, I can breathe. As we are going home, some of you, I believe all of us, are going to eat. That's God's provision. We are healthy. No one is on the sickbed here. Thanks God. It is His grace. We have the sun outside. It's shining. It's God's grace. We know there will be 6 p.m. in the afternoon. Even if you are dead, there will be sunset. God is still there. God has remained reliable. The fact that we have days and dates that are fixed, God shows His reliability. And we should think of His goodness. Amen. The God that we serve, is good. Now, we, he concludes the psalm in verse, in verse in verse, 9. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. He says, God, everything that you have done, he's finalizing the psalm, is so good. Now, as we apply it in our lives, to God, you are significant. I've said that. To God, you are a significant person. He cares for you. you are not less important than others, and he is concerned about you and about your life. We are tempted to think we are so insignificant. God cares for us. God, secondly, God has invested in us. Just like a baby who is vulnerable, He has put praises in you. You are so vulnerable. But God has put praises to you to, make, to silence those that think you will be nothing. God has put praises in your mouth. So praise God. When you see people and see the image and the acts that God has for you, give him praise. There is something that people see in you that make you to say God is great. I will give you an example. If you see someone, uh, if you watch television or you see someone who is actually crippled, very crippled and you see that person and you think how does he eat how does he go to the toilet how does you see those people in wheelchairs some of them they have been cut here a person lives even without the legs and when i look at those things sometimes they put it on television tlc does that sometimes and i think how does that person live that makes you to see that god is great you see the greatness of God when you see someone living with a pipe outside here, and he breathes or whatever he's doing, but that person is still alive. You, me, I see the greatness of God when I see a person you think would be dead and seem alive. I see the greatness of God. God is great. We even praise Him when we see when we see. People who are crippled, some they are dancing, some they are doing. You you just praise God. It makes you to realize of the goodness of God that our God is good. He provides this. When you look at the animals that are alive outside, some of them you even think, how do they live? God still provides for them. So we have a God who has invested in, in us. We are serving a God who has a good name, a God who has a good reputation, and he's faithful, consistent, reliable. Life situations makes us to doubt God. Please don't doubt God. Whatever you are going through in life, whatever challenge you are going through, God's name remains good. In other words, God's reputation remains good. His characters and attributes of faithfulness and care and reliability still remain, for how wonderful is his name. Amen. That's all I wanted to share to you. The goodness of God. What is man that you are mindful of him? You count to God. Please don't make the mistake. Please don't make the mistake of thinking you are insignificant. And God doesn't care about you. He cares so much about you. Regardless of your position. Regardless of your gender. Please, females, ladies. Don't think you are of a less important person. You are so important as males. Please don't make that mistake. Because I mean a culture, maybe the African, it's not only African, has made ladies to feel like they are an inferior a species, if I can use that word. That is not the, how the Bible puts you. You are as important as a man. Amen. Amen. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, we give you all the glory. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your good name, for your good reputation, for being a God who cares for us and a God who really loves us. Father, we have read your word. I pray pray for Banvanabako who are here. May each and every one, God, puts their faith or put their faith in you, hundred percent, knowing that God, you remain faithful and caring for them, regardless of what they go through, and the position that you made for humanity that He will have dominion remains even today. Father, help us as we go throughout the week. Let us live as you want. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Well, that's all that we had for you today. I trust the message has changed your life. And now you know that God really cares about you as an individual. Each and every one of us counts on God and he wants you to know that He's God, regardless of him being a mighty God, who could care about the lions or the angels only, but he still cares for you as a human being regardless of your age regardless of your status in society regardless of your education or whatever things that we value as human beings god still values you and he has put his things on you and he's mindful of you our god really loves us he's a trustworthy god god willing let's meet next time when we read the word and get more what the lord has for us goodbye